I'm doing a quick sort of two-parter. There may be sort of a, thinking about a follow-up somewhat related next week, but a, a two-parter on um, the issue of envy. So maybe not the most uh, exciting topic or comfortable topic, but I think it's something that you and I really deal with in many ways uh, in our lives. And so last week we kind of dealt with more heavily on the biblical theological side, uh, describing what envy is uh, in the scriptures, both as far as how God describes it, uh, the, the cons of envy, the, the dangers of envy, and then many biblical stories that talk about the issue of envy. And there's also uh, crosswords that we can use. Uh, jealousy is a similar word. Covetousness is a similar word uh, that we use to covet something is desire, to desire what somebody else uh, has. So those are all kind of related words. So we dealt with uh, maybe more of the theological side last week. And so today uh, I want to talk about envy from a more uh, modern context. And you're going to see that in a minute here. What is envy? Envy is, is being sad or mad or, or having uh, bad emotions or uh, resentful emotions about somebody's fortune, thinking that somebody has more than you or just you're focused, you're distracted on, on what they have. And there's lots of, as we saw last week, Bible stories about that. And so kind of the, the summary of last week was, I think one of the main problems with envy is that it distracts us from trusting in God, from uh, trusting in His will, His plan, the way He has made us, uh, the role that He's given us to play in advancing His purposes. That's, that's one of the things, I think, biblically that we, we can get from that. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's a distraction, at the very least, and it can, can lead to from some pretty serious consequences. So how does envy affect us very often, in our modern age. Well, I want to talk about the issue of technology, first of all. So we have had, you know, in the last hundred or more years, lots of advancements in the area of technology, which, of course, the intention is to make our life better, and in some ways it has. Some ways, maybe not so much. Uh, certainly a long time ago, somebody invented the automobile, the car. Uh, that, that was a huge advancement in our technology, improved a lot of lives. We've had lots of advancements in science, in medicine that have, have improved our lives. We've gone to space. Uh, technology has is, is, is sent us away from the planet. People are talking about maybe going to Mars someday. So we've had lots of in, in, uh, advancements in technology that have helped us in many ways. And then we have something called social media, the internet, the invention of the smartphone. There have been a lot of positives about these advancements in technology. But one of the most effective things that social media, specifically, has done for us is it has created one of the most efficient distributors of envy <laughs> that the planet has ever known. <laughs> social media, specifically, has created this huge machine where the temptation to envy, to compare our lives to others, to covet, to be jealous, has creeps up in us quite a bit. And so uh, this is a bit of a sacred cow because most people in the room have some association with social media. Some aren't on it at all. Some don't barely use the internet. But because I think so many of us uh, live in this world, not just the younger people, but uh, Zola and I are older and we, we've been in social media for many years, I think it's appropriate to talk about 
social media is this huge envy machine. <laughs> this huge envy machine. With the advent of the smartphone and the advancements in technology when it comes to photography, we have these amazing phones where 10, 15, 20 years ago, you had to spend a lot of money and maybe have a lot of training to create a great photograph of yourself or something else. You know, we can buy a, a, a new smart, smartphone and the technology is just phenomenal where just an amateur person can create a professional photograph of something or <laughs> of ourselves. And so it's created this world where so many of us have become our own marketing companies. An advertising company, its job, its objective is to uh, find the best selling point or image of their product, right? They want to sell the product. And so the product, in many ways, has become us. We have our own brand. <laughs> and so, so many of us are selling ourselves, and we do it in such glamorous and glitzy ways through social media. We, have, we go on social media, and we see people living what certainly looks to be their best lives. Just the, these amazing things that we see people doing. They're, they're on vacation in France, and, and they just got this amazing promotion, right? And so it becomes this temptation to say, well, what about me? And even if it's not celebrities, you know, we don't necessarily envy celebrities, we can, but most of the time, I think, at least in my experience, Envy and jealousy and stuff like that creeps up with people that I know, people that are in my social bracket, right? Just kind of normal people who are distributing online their best life, right? And, and I kind of wonder, you know, maybe I'm not living that way. What about me? And so this area of comparison has just kind of been turned into hyperdrive for us with the advent of social media. And again, it's always existed, but, but again, the efficiency of technology, right? Lightning speed, worldwide access, that's how far-reaching this temptation has gone for us. So I looked at a number of uh, articles and, and studies on this this week, and I'm going to be sharing a number of quotes from different journalists and, and uh, psychologists on the issue who studied the impact of social media on us. And so Rachel Andrews says, social media has made everyone accessible for comparison. In the past, people might have just envied their neighbors, but now we can compare ourselves with everyone across the world. And so where we used to maybe look over the fence at our neighbor's new car and say, gee, I wish I had a car like that, you know, this has gone global. It's gone everywhere. And so we look at ourselves you know, when we, in comparison to all these different images and these lives that people are living and going, man, I just don't measure up. I don't measure up. So, again, it creates this sadness, <laughs> this, this sense of, in, of vulnerability or insecurity that I don't compare to the, to the rest of the world and the people that I'm seeing constantly. Are there positives to social media? Absolutely. So, I'm not pounding on, on the concept of social media. I'm going to mention some positives a little bit later. But, but I am talking about how, what kind of world do we live in where we're constantly tempted to compare ourselves to others. Ethan Cross says, we are constantly bombarded by Photoshopped lives. Photoshop is an editing machine where we can create an image. And that exerts a toll on us 
the likes of which we have never experienced in the history of our species. <laughs> Colossians 3, and I'm going to talk, quote Paul quite a bit. Paul has written all these letters. He says this, and we looked at this, this scripture last week. He says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, pretty heavy sins. But then he adds, and covetousness, which is idolatry. (laughs) Covetousness, to desire what somebody else has. Again, envy, jealousy, you can relate these words, which is idolatry, right? And God takes this pretty seriously. We saw this last week. And and it's sort of in a twist of, of thinking, God himself is jealous, and this is, this is mentioned a number of times, specifically in the Old Testament. Exodus 20, God says, You shall not bow down to idols or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation to those who hate me, <laughs> but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So this is a, certainly a recurring theme through both the Old in New Testament, God wants us to put him above all. That's, that's what he deserves, right? But we don't do that. And then whenever we don't do that, whenever we place certain affections above God, it's idolatry. And so idolatry is, shows up, right, through the issue of envy, through the issue of covetousness and jealousy. And, and like I said, the machine that feeds us into that place so often in our modern world is social media, The president, Teddy Roosevelt in the U.S., said this. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. It's the thief of joy. I don't feel joy when I'm looking at someone else and I'm resentful for the life that I think they're living. And in the the theological context, where's our our chief joy come from? Our chief joy comes from putting God above all things, right? God is our ultimate creator. He's the one that we ultimately trust in. He's our ultimate provider, the one that provides us wisdom, and sustenance, all these things, that should give me joy. And when I don't do that, I don't have joy. So a question we should certainly ask when it comes to the context of social media or really any way that we live our lives is how real is your real? Certainly a play on words. Q Myers says individuals tend to use social media as a highlight reel, right? Rather than a reflection of their whole or real life. So, doesn't mean that when I post something that's positive about myself online, it means I'm lying. But think about how selective we can be in, in what we share with others. It's a highlight, really. It shows the positives, shows the highlights. So this, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we're you know, initially boastful or proud or whatever. But, the, but, but again, with the culture, we become these marketing companies and we just show the good stuff. And we show the good stuff in may, maybe in an enhanced version of what is good about ourselves. So we want to ask the question about ourselves and about these images that we see. How real is this? He says, those who are less savvy with social media may not realize how much others are editing and filtering the photos that they share. It happens all the time, and I will raise my hand that I have done it as well. I like this. May your life become as awesome as you pretend it is on Facebook. (laughs) 
and we have lots of different platforms. So I want to share just a few photos here I pulled from the, the, the platform Instagram, which is probably the most image-centric of the, of the uh, applications that I know, the apps. And so this is a series of, of a few images that, that have the, and I got this little thing I, I'm using now, uh, no filter, no filter. It is a, what's called a hashtag. It's a category that we use when we post things online that, that in some ways, again, categorizes something, but it also kind of helps bring it to the front of the, of the line so that people will see our post. Now, here's a little bit of irony here. No, no filter essentially means when it comes to photography that we, I haven't filtered this. I haven't changed or edited the photo to bring more color, more, you know, to make it look more than what the camera caught. Sometimes I've used uh, those, this editing with photography to, to, as much as I can, make it closer to what I saw with my human eye and trying to be careful about that. But here's the irony here. The, the, this is a common tag that is used in social media, no filter. But there is a filter. <laughs> so it, it, they may be, sometimes they're not honest, they just use the tag so they can get higher up in the, in the thing. But the, the lie here is that there is a filter. What is the filter? The filter is, I want you to love me. I want you to see the best part of me. And so this is a beautiful, gorgeous filter, uh, or photo of this, of this uh, scenery. But why is the person posting it, <laughs> right? Sometimes we post things, and very often I try to do this, to celebrate. I want people to celebrate. Look where I was, you know, how great is this? But the, the no filter tag I just think is interesting to me in that there is a filter. The filter is that I want you to see my best life. And there's also a filter on my side that maybe intellectually I, I know that that probably isn't the, the, the only thing that they ever do is do all this great stuff. But emotionally, I'm tempted to envy. I'm tempted to say, well, I wasn't there. You know, how nice for you. Here's another one. It says, again, it has the hashtag no filter. But there's a filter. <laughs> Look at me. Look at my life. And again, we understand that people have these no-filter things. Maybe, you know, we understand that that's not all they ever do. But it's hard not to envy. It's hard not to live in that temptation that, you know, why am I not living my life that way? Oops. Here's one from uh, me. I believe this was taken. Did you take this? Or, yeah, Michael Miller took it, and it was posted on Facebook. There was no filter. There was no filter. So this was posted on Facebook, and I, uh, I have an Instagram account, but I'm mainly on Facebook. Um, so it was posted, and, and if you don't know how it works, he tagged me, right? He used my name and it tagged in my account so I could see, hey, someone put a photo on you online. And I have a feature that some people use on Facebook that, that gives me uh, a notice, and then I can say whether I want it on my pay, personal page or not, meaning it, it'll show up on a timeline, but... I can say whether I want it seen on my homepage or not. And so I was like, hmm, that's not a bad photo. <laughs> and, I'm, and Zola will tell you that I'm very uh, picky. I don't like my photo taken. I don't th think I look that great. But boy, this looked pretty good. <laughs> and if you don't know, this was a few weeks ago at the, at the wedding of Kelsey and Jared at the Micah Project. And so they posted it, and it also said some nice things about me. And I hit accept so it would show up on my homepage. So this is just to tell you that I'm not 
any different than anyone who does this. But how real was my reel? What you don't know is, uh, you can't really see it, but when I showed up, I, I had my, my dress shirt for the suit for the wedding. And I don't dress you know, like that all the time down here. The, the shirt, the white shirt that I have, you see in the photo, didn't fit. I couldn't close the top button. And this was maybe a half hour before the wedding was about to start, so I was panicking. And, and so I went to Zola, and I went to Michelle Corley, and I said, I, I can't close my button, I'm gonna look like an idiot. And, and so they found bobby pins or something to, to pin the top button. And, and you also don't know that my, my, my feet were killing me that day. I was miserable, it was horrible, and it was so hot. And you also don't see in the photo how insecure I was that day. It was the first time I'd ever officiated a wedding. I'd tried to prepare. There's lots going on if you know about the wedding that day. You don't see all that stuff. But boy, do I look good. <laughs> how real is our real that we present to others? And I'm hoping you're seeing this as a metaphor, that this isn't just social media. I come, to, come on Sunday mornings to church, go into the office, hang out with my friends and my family, and we all play our own little marketing department. People don't see the full extent of who we are. We're living in a filter. We don't display who we are. Nikki Vert says, don't let social media fool you. <laughs> Someone could have a thousand likes on their pics or a million views on their videos and still be broke. There are people with only 10 likes but have plenty of friends and people with 1,000 likes that are incredibly lonely, depressed, and fed up in fed-up relationships with no friends at all. There are couples that appear extremely happy on social media, but behind the scenes in those photos, they are both miserable and in dysfunctional relationships. However, there are couples who post next to nothing about their personal lives on social media, but are in an extremely beautiful and loving relationship. <laughs> Right? The image we see isn't necessarily reflective of reality. So why do we get so hung up over it? Psalm 49. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich. This is one of many places in Scripture where God takes us to the place of, look, I know you're living in this comparison world, but don't worry about it. Don't be worried when this guy becomes rich. When the glory of his house increases, when he dies... He will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. Man in his pomp, yet without un man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. God's giving us a reality check when we compare our lives with others. Sherry Turkle talks about this in an even more twisted way. We spend a lot of our times comparing ourselves to others, envying others. She talks about the issue of self-envy when we become our own marketing department. She says, we look at the lives that we've constructed online in which we only show the best of ourselves and we feel a fear of missing out in relationship to our own lives <laughs> that we're presenting. We don't measure up to the lives that we tell others that we are living. And we look at the self as though it were another and feel envious of it. <laughs> This creates an alienating sense of self-envy inside of us. We feel inauthentic, curiously envious of our own avatars. So, not a good place to be. Not a healthy place to be. 
fundamentally, we're just not really living in reality. We're not living in reality. So, how do we deal with this? Well, part of it is going back to truth. What is the reality of who we are? What is the reality of the people that we see online or in our lives? We need to level the playing field. We need to level the playing field. 1 Corinthians 4, and Corinthian, the, the two letters to the Corinthians with Paul, uh, probably more than any other, deal with this issue of comparison and envy and covetousness. And, I mean, he had all sorts of issues going on with these churches. And so it says in uh, chapter 4, Paul says, With me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. Right? He's kind of doing the no-filter thing. The true no-filter thing. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. He's leveling the playing field. He says, I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may, uh, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what's written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one another. I think he could have been looking at social media, couldn't he? For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? And then, uh, then you received it. Why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Right? He's being real. He's being real about himself. He's being real about those he's talking to that compare themselves with others. I think he can do this because he had this mindset that he wrote in Romans Chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We saw last week where he, he mentions in, in the letter to the Romans, right? Don't place yourself higher than you should be, right? Look at yourself with sober judgment. See yourself the way God sees you. So God sees you, you know, in a place that is maybe lower than we often do. I've heard that in self-evaluation, people usually, you know, from one to 10, always put themselves a little higher than they probably should be, or maybe that others would say. God sees you for who you are, right? We are all sinners. We are all on the same level. However, <laughs> the beauty of Christianity is that through faith, we are also, as Christians, all justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I don't devalue myself by, by considering myself with sober judgment. We are all the same. We're all in the same boat. But as Christians, through faith, we all have immense value. Why? Because God loves us. God has sent his son to die for us. So it's important to constantly rotate that truth in your mind, right? No filter, no filter, Get rid of the filter. I am not deserving of God's love and grace, but he still has given it to me, ultimately through the cross cross of Christ. No filter. Obviously, like so many things, the best way to approach social media, the best way to diminish the issue and the the temptation to envy is to trust in the Lord. I like this (laughs) clever graphic. Where's our phone plugged into? Scriptures. There's nothing wrong with social media. In fact, you know, like so many things in the world, there's nothing wrong. But do we let social media run us or do we use it as a tool fundamentally empowered and guided through the scriptures? 
through our relationship with God and our trust in God. Psalm 40. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. (laughs) I could apply that to our social media platforms. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. What's the solution to me comparing my life to others? Focusing on God with whom none can compare. Nobody can compare to God. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told, the psalmist says. Psalm 37, fret not yourself because of evildoers. So in the same way that we compare ourselves to rich people, maybe. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is the answer to envy. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will act. And then back in Corinthians, Paul says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence that God has assigned us to reach even you. So if you saw this last week, the best solution for this is to put our, place ourselves back under God's sovereignty, understanding his plan, his makeup, his purpose for our life, right? What the, the place of influence that God has assigned to us. So he says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. The one whom the Lord commends. So, the influence that God has assigned. What is the influence that God has assigned? And what can I do about that? This is uh, an image of before and after. We've seen many times for those who spend time on social media. And this is not a stranger. This is somebody that I know. Again, one of the benefits of social media is connection. This is an old high school buddy, a woman named Carrie Perry. And so if you can see, the left-hand picture is March 2017. The right is March 2018, a year later. This is Carrie's journey towards health. And she documented it through images, through stories, that kind of thing. So if you see the, the first one, this is March 2017 where Carrie is running her first 5K. Never run one before. No filter. No filter. Look how miserable she is. <laughs> she is miserable and she is overweight, right? And she admitted this all, all, all the time. That was, that was her journey. And then a year later, she has lost so much weight and she has just finished her first 15K. And after that, in the last year or so, she has run her first marathon. And this is Carrie having finished a 13-mile race through the Grand Canyon. And I look at the expression on her face, 
And not once as she posted her images and posted her story did I ever feel envious. Did I ever feel a sense of, of, of sadness for my own life looking at her life? Why? Because I really believe that she did this not just for herself, but as an intentionality for others. And I rejoiced with her. I celebrate with her. I'm inspired by her. So it's not that, you know, posting stuff online is inherently evil. It's what is our motivation? What are we trying to do when we spend time online, when we post things, when we see things, right? The Bible says that we should redeem the time. <laughs> and, and so often, guilty, I don't redeem the time when I'm online. <laughs> I don't redeem the time. But this is an example, and I don't know whether she did this for spiritual reasons or not. I, ju I just think it's, it's a principle that I, that I recognize. She intentionally wanted to take us with her on her journey. And she did it without a filter. Maybe, I don't know if she edited her photos or not. But you know what I mean. She didn't do it with a filter. She was honest about who she was and where she was headed. And I could join her in that. So, so there was a sense in many ways of selflessness, at least the way I took it. The influence that God has assigned. Rebecca Weber says, the real champions of social media are those who add value to others, not the ones who flaunt their lifestyle to impress others. And certainly, we could look at places like Matthew 6, where Jesus says, you know, don't flaunt your righteousness. Don't do stuff publicly just to be, get approval from other people. And some people will take that in a literal sense that they should never do anything publicly. I think Jesus is talking about the heart. So, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, I don't know that there's too many good things that I've ever done that had no mixed motivations whatsoever. <laughs> Meaning I will sometimes shy away from doing something because I have some selfishness in, in my motivation. And certainly the point of this morning is that we move towards a place where our motivations are transformed, but I don't wanna disqualify myself from ever doing anything good, right? because I might have some selfish motives. So you've asked the question, maybe, you know, when I'm posting something online, why am I posting it? Is it to share something with others? There's nothing wrong with sharing your vacation photos and those other things. If it's, hey, man, God's blessing us, and look at, look at this, and, and you have family and friends, and that's what you would do in real life. But, is, but maybe quantify it. <laughs> How much of this is mainly because I want people to approve of me, love me, think how great my life is. How much am I editing my life? How much is it just a highlight reel? How much am I editing my photos? You know, so we want to ask these questions. Why? Because we reap what we sow. If we spend our lives being this marketing department for ourselves, why are we surprised that we also envy the lives that we see on, with others, <laughs> right? We tend to get back what we're, what we're giving. So if I become more intentional about the influence that God has assigned to me. If I live under his sovereignty, then sure, of course, it's fine to, to post lots of things to bless others. Just because you're, you might have a little bit of, yeah, it would be nice if they saw that I was at Disneyland or something. Okay. So that's up to you, right? That's up to all of us in our conscience. It's up to us. One suggestion she makes is, instead of passive scrolling, and so much of this envy stuff creeps up due to passivity, Right? We're, just, we're just lurking. We're just like looking at all the stuff online. Instead of passive scrolling, send private messages. 
Talk about shared experiences. Seek genuine emotional connection and use social media in general to foster the kind of relationships known to be valuable offline. Offline. So, again, this is all up to our conscience, but I have to educate my conscience. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I, what do I share with others, whether it's Sunday morning, whether it's on Instagram? You know, and, and again, the other balance to this is <laughs> there, there's context and there's appropriateness, right? To, 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 to live a no-filtered life isn't necessarily just to spew every thought you ever have and every bad day you've ever had in a Facebook post. <laughs> that people aren't connected to you in such a way, so they're not really going to, most of the time, help you. And, you know, they may not understand what you're going through. And, you know, so you, you need to use wisdom when it comes to this. But can I live in a no-filtered life, understanding who I am without God, who I am with the cross? Can I do that and live an intentional life so that I am trusting in him, that I am living for others? Close in a couple of scriptures here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We make it our aim, Paul says, to please everybody online. No, to please God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Intentionality. But we, uh, what we are is known to God, and I hope it's also known to your conscience. Again, no filter. What, what I am is known to God, and hopefully I'm living in a way that who I am is clear to you. He says, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. And again, that's, that's, that's the, the crux of this advancement in technology. We're so focused on what is seen, and it's so hard to focus on what is not seen. So it doesn't mean necessarily that we have to get rid of it. <laughs> but, you know, again, that's an individual thing. In some ways, I'm seriously considering that about minimizing or getting rid of a lot of this stuff in my life because it's very hard for me not to be tempted without it. And, then, and then those are different areas for everybody. Are there ways that I can minimize this issue? Is there are ways that I can be more intentional when I'm online about all this, so I'm not tempted to envy and compare. If there, if there is, you may have a discipline that I don't have. <laughs> and so to me, it's fundamentally about redeeming the time. And so I'm trying to move in that direction towards really minimizing it in my life. That's not an absolute. It's, you have to make your own decision when it comes to that. So I, I, however, in light of that, I do think probably next week I'm going to kind of broaden this, not just in social media, but living our lives in the now, living our lives in reality. I think a lot of us with the advancements of technology and culture spend our, our lives distracted by something else. And I might, I'm probably going to talk about that next week. So no filter. <laughs> no filter. We have to go to God. We have to go to ourselves and ask these questions. Why am I presenting myself in this way, right? How, do I, how am I living my life? And again, I have to feed my, my conscience and the way I behave in other places than just online for this thing to work. 
I have to come to church. I have to be around people who are living real, genuine, authentic lives to inspire me. Can we live this way in this modern age? I hope so. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the creator of all things. And Lord, we thank you that you have enabled us with the gifts of using our hands and our minds to make life better. And so, Lord, I thank you for the invention of things like the internet, smartphones, photography, social media. I thank you for the advancements and the, the positives that these inventions can bring to our lives, the, the areas of connection, the areas of getting a good message across. I thank you for the ability to put you first in order, in order to properly enjoy such things, to enjoy their, the context of how we should see them and how we should use them, and that we are not living our lives in falsehood, in selfishness and passivity, but we are living lives that are loving, intentional, and real. So Lord, I, I know that we are all in different places when it comes to this. Some of us don't use it at all. Some of us use it a lot. Some of us, despite the technology we use or don't use, could stand to live a, more, a bit more authentically with you and with others. So Lord, I just pray for every heart in the room and ask that you guide us, convict us, inspire us, and encourage us in the name of Jesus Christ. And I will leave you with 1 Peter, a couple verses in chapter 2. Peter says, Put away all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, and all envy and slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So let that be our objective. Let us taste that the Lord is good so that the not-so-good food of the world pales in comparison. Amen.